Today's podcast is sponsored by our amazing friends over at Adorama. Adorama is one of the best electronic retailers specializing in photo and video equipment. They also have a rad blog and video series highlighting content creators called Through the Lens, which you can find on their YouTube channel. We've partnered with Adorama to offer free education through the AOV Academy. So head over to aovacademy.com for free online courses in photo and video. What's going on, everyone? It's Prince here with Art of Visuals, and welcome to another episode of the AOV Podcast. Today's guest is Zeke Yan. He's a photographer, videographer, and social media influencer located in Los Angeles, California. Zeke, welcome to the show, brother. Thanks so much. I'm glad to be here. I'm stoked to have you, man. I haven't seen that face in too long. <laughs> I know. It's been a while. I, I kind of uh, missed out on the Art of Visuals meetup that you guys had in that stuff it was heard it was dope it was a good time bro i know i was i was bummed when i hit you up uh and found out you moved i was like darn it you guys just got to host one in la i know we will it's just funny because you're one of the og so i always ex- i just expect you know you to be there and so it's a <laughs> bummer um not having you there but it's all good we'll catch you out in uh the city of angels here soon Definitely. Uh, why don't you start us off with letting the AOV community know a little bit more about yourself? For sure. So I'm Zeke, and I am originally from the Bay Area and moved to Los Angeles recently. And I'm a photographer and filmmaker, uh, like you said. And yeah, I guess a little bit more about myself would be I'm a full-time freelancer, and I guess I own a couple of businesses here in LA and back in the Bay, and that's kind of what I do full-time. Love it, bro. So uh, let's start with how you got into photography. Was it photography or video first? I want to say I started video first because I started shooting on my dad's old like DV camera Mm -hmm. whenever DV tapes were big, and I picked up yeah, his digital camera first, and then I moved more into photography later on in probably like high school. I picked up a digital camera, and I wanted a DSLR. So in college, uh, I tried to save up some money for my first DSLR and got a T3i with a Sigma 514, and I didn't even know what I was doing, but I was just like, trying to learn as much as I could and shot animals, shot people, shot trees, shot as much as I could until I got better. Dude, I love that. What was the catalyst from just playing around to like, holy cow, like this is my, this is my thing. I want to make a living off of, you know, doing this. I want to do this every day. Well, I want to say like my first passion for creating was, wasn't photography, it was more creating music. That was, that was it. Until I moved to California, I didn't have any like musician friends. So I kind of had to find a different creative outlet to express myself. And moving to California, there's so many cool things to see. So that's why I got a point and shoot camera at that time when I moved and started shooting as much as I could. And then I went to Yosemite in 2009 for the first time with my dad for his birthday. And that's kind of when I was like, oh, this is really dope. Like California's sick. I was still getting over like my move 
from Louisiana to California, but I started to see more and more of what of the landscapes in California that made me kind of excited to see what else was out here. Dude, that's so rad. That's such a, a big move from Louisiana to the Bay Area. Was that like a culture shock a bit or were you in like a cultural place, I guess, in Louisiana? <laughs> no, it was completely, it was a complete culture shock, man. It was <laughs> so different out here, but it, it was so, I want to say it was overwhelming at first, but then I realized that this was like, man, California is the place that place where I need to be. Mm-hmm. It's happening out here. I love the weather. I love the culture. It's a huge melting pot compared to Louisiana. But I will say one thing. I think Louisiana has a little bit of better food because I do like my Cajun mm. food. So gumbo, jambalaya, and crawfish. Miss that. You like that heart attack meal? <laughs> you know i, I just i go in too. on the spicy spicy food man that's that's why i miss the south yeah no for sure i was curious you said you went to yosemite for the first time in 2009 we're in 2019 it's been a decade have you noticed any notable changes uh from the first visit to yosemite to now I want to say that every time i go it's a completely different experience whether it's, you know, the people that I'm with or even the landscape itself. Last year, California had one of the largest, largest fires. I haven't been to Yosemite since that fire, but I'm sure it's going to look way, way different now than it was at least two years ago, at least. And um, yeah, man, I think every time I've gone to Yosemite, it's been just a little bit different. The landscape changes, whether it's snowing or even raining and super moody or even just a super hot summer day mm-hmm. um, the landscape changes all the time in yos and that's why it's such a beautiful place oh yeah definitely one of my favorites i've only been once but dude heart was stolen you know first first time i laid eyes on that place so uh, i look forward to getting back out there here shortly so when you're out photographing and, and doing your thing in the field how do you go about like approaching photographing a scene I think the first step I do is I kind of just walk around and explore as much of it as I can before I even pull out my camera. Because sometimes, you know, when you have your camera out with you, you just get that tunnel vision to try to find that shot or get that shot. But there's a lot of different perspectives that you can get once you walk around and kind of get closer and farther away from something and just take the time to really appreciate what's around you. You can kind of figure out what stands out to you the most instead of looking at the first thing that your camera points at and shooting that. So I'd say appreciating where you are and taking, taking that in and looking for something that really stands out to you about that landscape and trying to capture that. I love that, man. As far as your like post-processing workflow, what does that look like? I do a lot of different things. So the first thing I would do is probably bring it into Lightroom and do some, uh, light recoloring and touching up there. And then I'd bring it into Photoshop to toss some birds in there. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) pretty much. No, I stretch out the landscape, make it like super epic, you know, add a burn on top and, (laughs) and then, and then, uh, export it from there and then, (laughs) and then bring it into, yeah, bring it to Instagram. It's pretty much the process. It's pretty funny. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, nice. What do you, so I'm curious, I see what you shoot on your page and I know that's different than what you're shooting for client work. What type of stuff are you shooting for clients? I want to say mostly right now, my clientele is looking for a lot of video and I've been shooting a lot of video for them. So a lot of storytelling, like visual storytelling where it's not a lot of words are needed, but the video and the shots are super impactful to where you're like, Oh, okay, this doesn't even need dialogue. And being able to tell a story without no words, I think that's super impactful. Love it. You moved to LA recently. Yeah. Why? What are you in? Normally when you move somewhere, you know, you're kind of in search for, you know, something new, new opportunities, etc. So what are you doing out in LA? What was the reason for the move? Well, it's kind of a funny story. I actually just moved out here in October of last year, and I'm living with my roommate. His name's Phil Wen, and you guys can find his handle, Phil.ngyn. And he's plugged him. (laughs) He's a super dope dude. Um, I met him in Japan um, for my on a trip that I took for my birthday uh, in 2017. And I was actually meeting up with Jordan Hammond, Emmett, and a couple other people. And Phil was on that trip. And we bonded so much on that trip that we took another trip a few few months later to Hawaii and met up with a couple of our, of our other friends. And we had a, such a dope time that we were like, dude, we got to figure out a way to connect in L.A. with the other creators and that's what kind of what drove us to move down to LA. And we've just been kind of building our network here and expanding our business. Was there any fear or anxiety that came along with a big move like that? Definitely. Um, I wanted to say it was when I was talking to Phil, it was a little bit more drastic for him since he was moving halfway across the country. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was also kind of, pretty scary because this is again i'm going to be further away from my family and my family's from the bay and this is kind of my first time like exploring freelance in a different area so i had to build a whole new different clientele out here so the fear of kind of again moving to a new location finding new clients getting integrated in the community all that stuff was kind of at the forefront of my thoughts. But again, it's, you have to take a chance and you have to kind of push yourself to be on the fear to grow. And I think that's, that's why I'm here is growing and expanding my network with all the other creators that are in LA. Dude, I love it. What are you, what's the goal, I guess? What are you hoping to achieve while you're out there? Be able to, I guess, build, build relationships down here and kind of grow, grow within the community. I know that LA is a super big area and there's a lot of talent out here. I just want to be able to kind of network and connect with the people out here and hopefully possibly one day move out to New York. Don't tell Andy till I said that though. <laughs> Andy, um, that's, that's funny. Guy, Andy, up. he's, he's coming on too. And uh, I'm going to have a good time telling his story. It's going to be a really fun podcast, but, uh, I'll let him know you're not going to come take the throne from him. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, bro. Uh, 
Dude, no, that that's that's awesome, man. It takes a lot of courage to just pack your bags and leave home base. And I know you got a lot of family, a lot of friends, a lot of support, and, and built. I mean, you pretty much built everything out in the bay, and and so I know it's probably a little scary, definitely making that move. So you guys are starting a production company. Tell me a little bit more about that. So our company is called Untold Narrative, and we focus on telling stories that uh, for brands that you know, that need to be told. And yeah, it's a team of six and we're all from all different walks of life. And it's, it's dope because the people, when, as soon as I moved down here, my buddy, Chris Popolowski, his name is Chris poops on IG. I'm just shouting out everybody right now. (laughs) Just got to give everybody some love. But yeah, Chris, Chris wanted to start a company as well. And Phil introduced me to Chris and, it just kind of all worked at the same time. It's funny how fate kind of puts everything together at the right time and puts all the people in the right place at the right time. And it's amazing. It, I actually would have never guessed that I would have started another company as soon as I moved down here. Mm-hmm. So how, how did you go about, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, so how did you guys go about creating this production company because anyone can do this. There's lots of very talented creatives all over the world. And so I'd love to, for you to, I guess, share a little bit more information around how you guys did that so that other people in similar situations, if they choose to, you know, could also team up with some of their friends and, and, and start something. For sure. I wanted, I wanted to say that I got tired of, as a, as a solo freelancer, I got tired of reaching out to so many brands getting rejected by all these brands. And even if I get, you know, one client that month, I still have to go figure out if they're going to stay with me the next month. And it just became super difficult to do that month after month after month. And sure, you can have like one or two clients that continually come back to you. But it just, it was really difficult to keep my freelance life stable. So instead of working by myself and hustling by myself, I realized that we, I can make a lot more if I just team up with a team or team up with my, a group of my friends that are doing the same thing. And we can make a lot more by packaging ourselves to these brands. And we're also a lot more credible as a company than a freelancer. Gotcha. So how do you guys operate? Do you have like one guy that kind of heads sales and like the partnerships, one guy that slays the photos, one guy that slays the video, or is everyone like, how does the organization kind of work? I want to say everyone specializes in something. And since we're so small right now, everyone's kind of dabbling in everything, but I mainly do the video as well as Phil's also the main videographer, Uh, our boy, Chris, he does a lot of business work and he's reaching out to Friends, trying to lock in deals. Uh, Megan and Kristen are our main photographers. And then Sam is a mix of photo and video, wherever, wherever we need them. So it's great that we have everybody kind of in everything. And um, everyone also tries to reach out to clients and brands that we've worked with mm-hmm. or that they've worked with in the past. So we're kind of building a large clientele base between just the six of us. Gotcha. Okay, cool. I love that, man. Um, do you, do you guys ever think you'll ever run into like situations to where 
you know, you guys have a large creative staff, like a lot of people that do photo and video. Um, are you guys going to ever look for specialized people in specific things, maybe like animation, sound design, graphics, uh, things like that? Or are you yeah, guys specializing think- in telling stories? And which is why you guys have mostly creative staff, you know, photo video wise. I think at the point where we do need to kind of get graphic animation or that type of stuff, we'll probably contract that out. Mm -hmm. But, but yeah, since we have kind of a really wide background, like Phil's actually, he went to school for computer science. So he knows, he knows a bunch of stuff about, you know, making a website. So he's making the website for us. So we have a pretty wide skill set to where we don't need anyone else right now until we can kind of support, again, six people. We won't build out our team till then. I think that's probably hopefully in six months we'll have some, some larger profits because mm-hmm. you know how it is when you're starting a company. It's, you're putting your own money into it. You're investing all your time into it. You're getting no sleep, and it's just it's just a grind for the first like six months dude it's a grind yeah man i mean yeah six months if you're lucky (laughs) (laughs) i'm like i'm sitting down like six months bro like what about a couple what about what about what about you know two three years (laughs) um no that's true but but no that's awesome man uh you're absolutely right you know it takes a lot to lay down the foundation it's energy right and like it's like a rocket ship, you know, one of my old mentors in the past explained to me that it takes a lot more energy to get a rocket off the ground. But once the rocket's off the ground, it doesn't have to use as much energy to stay, uh, cruising. Um, and so that's very much so true on a, on a business side, it takes the most energy, the most effort, the most time launching and building the foundation. And then once the foundation's there, it's a lot easier to, to start coasting and, and, not be grinding as hard and, and putting in all that extra time and effort. Uh, what are some of the challenges you guys have faced so far? I want to say, excuse my language, but shitty clients, like really shitty clients that don't, don't want to pay the money that's that we're worth. And I understand, you know, when you start a business that you have to take cuts at the beginning, but working with clients that don't either respect your work or don't want to pay you for the amount of work that you've done is, is kind of really upsetting. I feel like, you know, as, as creators, all we want to do is feel appreciated and appreciated for our time. No, absolutely. What are some things you guys might be working on to, I guess, find better prospects, more qualified prospects so that, you know, you guys are finding the right fit companies. You're not wasting your time with the, the bad clients. I think recently we've just been kind of, I guess, in, increasing our standards and not letting brands tell us that we're not worth it. Even though I know that, you know, at the beginning you're supposed to take at least somewhat of a loss, but I think for, for how talented our group is, we're just increasing our standard every time we close a deal. It's like, okay, well, now that we did that with them, like we can increase this, you know, by X amount. And continually doing that with every client, I think you're going to, again, just grow and grow and grow and grow and find better clients that want to work with you, that are going to give you the money that you need, that are going to really build that relationship for you in the future. Mm-hmm. 
what are some of the challenges you've been facing personally? Uh, just, I mean, big move, big change, finding new clients. Like, how's that been? I think it's been really hard time management, like not being able to sleep because I'm just working so much and finding time to go hang out with, you know, friends and make time for yourself, make time to go hit, like to go hit the gym, time to eat. Like time management is so critical whenever you're trying to grow a business. And especially when you move to a new location, it's building those habits and having the, having a system set up in place to where you're kind of responsible for everything. Absolutely. Do you have like any personal rituals or or habits or routines to kind of keep things in line? I'd say calendar that that's kind of my biggest thing, but I want to say at the end of every night, I would check my calendar, see what I need to do for the next, not day, but the next two days to see that I'm not missing anything or if I could possibly squeeze something in the day before so that my, the next couple of days aren't so packed. I right. think being able to do that, like time manage in a couple of days is kind of important. Maybe that's why I don't sleep as much as I used to, but I guess managing, managing the next couple of days is, is what's important for me to know that I have time to time for myself at the end, end of the day to either relax or hit the gym or make some food. Yep. No, you gotta, it's, it's, it's important to schedule that time. I like my calendar is so busy that I have to schedule time to eat time to relax time to do my own creative work outside of actual work and things like that. And if you don't make that time often, you just, we get sucked into being workaholics and we just work, 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 work. And it's easy way to burn out. (laughs) No, I agree, man. I agree. And I feel like that's, that's kind of like the tunnel vision sometimes we get as photographers too, is like, we're so into getting the shot that we're super focused on it, that we don't learn to appreciate what we have around us. And I'm like sitting in my apartment or sitting outside my apartment on my balcony and I can see the Hollywood sign Griffith observatory. And I'm just like super grateful to be out here and even just to be having time to chat with you. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm stoked, man. I'm stoked for you. What type of, so on your, along your freelancing journey and now moving to this production company, what type of resources are you using as far as like educating yourself to, to learn, you know, how to do these things, how to pitch clients, how to sell, how to invoice and all these other things that come with that. Yeah. I want to say that I'm still learning um, constantly. The, I think by failing even by like talking to people and having them confused about like what we do and just kind of learning from, you know, the failures is also a big way to learn. But one thing I've learned too is, other creators have been doing the same thing for years. So reaching out to them and I know that you've started multiple businesses. So, you know, picking your brain, gaining, gaining other are picking other people's brains and gaining their knowledge. I think that's what's going to help grow this business and help push this business to the next level. I love it, man. Have you read, uh, has there been like a specific book or anything that you've read that has really just kind of helped you develop and develop into the person that you are today? 
I want to say one book really kind of changed my life. It was called uh, The Secret by Rhonda Brines. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you're, I'm just looking at you on the webcam. You're smiling right now because <laughs> I'm sure you've read it. <laughs> it's uh, it's a super dope book. It's it just called the, It's basically about the law of attraction and attracting you know, the things that you want into your life by visualization. And it's amazing, man. Like I've, I wanted so many things in my life that I've like made a vision board on my phone. And it's crazy that a few months, even a year later that I'll look at it and I'll be like, Oh, what? (laughs) How did that happen? Like, you know, time flies and you're looking at something every day, especially your phone. And if it's like your phone wallpaper, you're constantly like looking at it sometimes you just forget that those things just happen and it's, it's weird, man. It's just really weird that the law of attraction is like a real thing. And it, again, like I moved out to LA, like I had a vision of living in the city, whether that was in San Francisco or Los Angeles or even somewhere in Orange County or New York eventually. Mm -hmm. Like I had a picture of a city in my, on my vision board and now I'm in LA. It's so weird. That's crazy, man. Uh, yeah, no, that's a, it's a great book. I was smiling because I, I think it's a really good book if you've read other things, but if you haven't, there's lots of people that are like, Oh, you know, I read the secret and if I just think about what I want and then I'm going to be wealthy and I'm going to have all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, it takes a little more than just like, <laughs> than just like closing your eyes and thinking about stuff and making vision boards. I'm like, that's super important, but that's just, you know, a, a piece of it. You know, you have to bring the action behind it and, and, and the energy towards those goals. Um, but I think that book paired with some other principles and philosophies are a very powerful combo for transforming your life and, 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 and living and I guess not living, but creating the reality that you choose to live in, which is a really happy and, and exciting place to be. I love that, man. Let's do So social media, how do you leverage social media in your business? I want to say that that is, and you can answer it, I guess, for yourself, or it's kind of weird because like, I know you have your freelancer thing and then you have the production yeah. company. And so I don't want to like confuse you between the two. So feel yeah. free to, to answer it on either end. Okay. I want to say I'll, I leverage it for a, like untold narrative, the company that we started as, Hey, like you can, you can pay for these influencers to go at your, you know, at this location to promote your company or your business and you, you can get X amount of photos or X amount of video. And you also have, you know, you have our mass, you know, our mass following promoted on your, on, on our pages. So I think having, having social media influences is good in a business because it makes you more attractable as a client. It's like, Hey, I want, I want my business to grow or I want to sell one of these products. So maybe I can partner with an influencer, or a group of influencers that have a large following to promote my product or service. Gotcha. What do you guys, uh, what is, what is the, what does the term influencer mean to you? <laughs> you give me, <laughs> you give me that <laughs> smile. <I> go, <laughs> I, I don't know. I kind of like don't like the word influencer, but I mean, 
it's it has this like weird connotation towards it. Like, you know, some people are like, Oh, what makes an influencer an influencer? But I think it's any person that has any sort of influence, whether it's on 10 people, whether it's a hundred people or even a thousand or 10,000 people. If you have some sort of influence on someone and they look up to you, then you're an influencer. Gotcha. Okay. How do you, how do you, how do you feel? Actually, this is a good question just cause you, you know, you and I both have friends close that have been uh, affected by the effects of social media. So how do you feel about what Instagram, you know, on a positive side has done for creatives and then on a negative side, what has it done for creatives? I think one thing I've noticed about when Instagram first started out and I'm not too sure about now is the community aspect. And what I mean by the community aspect is bringing people together and like building those relationships online. And one thing that I like appreciate so much about AOV is you guys still host meetups and there's not enough meetups that are being held like all over the world. Just, I don't know why maybe Instagram's like Instagram's really taken that human aspect out. But when Instagram first started, I just remember hosting meetups, hanging out with all these people I've never met and just building those relationships. And even, it was so cool to like, Oh, like I followed you online for so long and now I'm finally getting to meet you. Like that's sick. Like, and that doesn't happen as much as it does now. I think social media for influencers now, like I'm just speaking from myself, from my point of view, I think a lot, a lot of people are still uh, are focused more now on like statistics, analytics and trying to get their numbers up. And a lot of influencers are over it, over that and trying to figure out, you know, what's the next thing and how can I like, how can I get more involved like offline instead of online, like meet, meet up with my friends, like in person instead of chatting with them online. I think that's kind of what social media has done over the past, maybe four or five years now. Right. Yeah. It's really interesting. Um, maybe people are spending a little too much time preparing their next post and, and, and following up on DM groups to get out and meet people. So, uh, who knows <laughs> <laughs> for real though? Yeah. It's just, it's difficult, man. Like I just remember like the way back in the day, I say way back in the day as it was a really long time ago, but like three, four years ago, like meetups were happening every other weekend, whether it was, you know, someone big or someone small, everybody was hosting him. And I kind of miss that aspect of social the community aspect of bringing people together just to hang out. Yep. No, I totally agree. Uh, we're working on a few things and, and I'm hoping there's a way that we'll be able to start organizing more meets globally uh, without us physically having to be there. Um, so hopefully we're able to build out that infrastructure and, and a nice, I guess, wireframe of how to go about running the meetup and things so that, you know, our community members, you know, matter, no matter where they're at, as long as there's enough people that want to get involved, like we can help them set up meetups in their own area and, and, and get those things rolling. So I'm excited about that. I love that. Yeah, it should be, it'll be, it'll be fun, man. I very much so look forward to it. How many places have you been to? You've been a, you've been a ton of countries, man. You've traveled quite a bit. Let's talk about travel a little bit. For sure. I've been to, I think 16, 16 countries now. That's crazy, man. 
yeah, it's it's been a wild journey, dude. It's been so wild. I'm actually leaving for the Philippines in May. I think right before that, I'm going to Japan. And then sometime from now until June, I'm going to try to go to Peru or Patagonia. That'd be sick. What's been your favorite place you've visited this far? I want to say Japan has been my top just because of the culture and the food there is like phenomenal amazing the best food i've ever had in my life really sushi yeah or just like everything the wagyu bro the, the wagyu. wagyu yeah dude they got the goo they're the only <laughs> japan's the only it's like the only country that that has wagyu beef right that has the cows yeah. the special type of cows yeah they feed them beer they get them drunk mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's the meat so tender that it like melts in your mouth man like butter yeah. like butter <laughs> that's all i'm thinking about right now i'm getting hungry <laughs> just thinking about it <laughs> what has travel uh what has travel taught you this far i want to say there's one story that kind of stands out to the most the most to me whenever i think about travel and come kind of like changing changing your life it was i want to say in 2017 or 16 is when i went to peru for the first time mm. with my boy andy and this was my first ever like backpacking trip. I've never done anything like that before. And we were just going from city to city, like with everything that we had. And like, there were some struggles, man, on that trip. There was like so many struggles, like Andy lost the drone. We went in the lake to go find the drone. <laughs> like it was so crazy. Like it was so crazy. Um, but the trip, like we, we even slept in a shed, like, some random person shed in the middle of nowhere um, where they kept like extra materials that they were selling. It was so random. And I was like so uncomfortable at night, like sleeping with like two guys next to me on a really springboard bed where it was like creaking every time anyone moved. And I was like, man, what am I doing here? (laughs) And (laughs) it was, it was up until when I got home, like in my own bed, I realized that how grateful I was to be like, to be home in my own bed. And I realized that after that day, like I started making my bed every single day, just because how grateful I was to be home and have my own bed that was comfortable and not with like two dudes. <laughs> Insane, dude. I love that. <laughs> but, so, but so what did you learn from that experience then? What did I learn from that experience is to be grateful for what you have and be grateful for, you know, the the experiences that you share. Uh, I look back at that memory and I think of, even though it was crazy and kind of uncomfortable, I think that memory stands out to me the most just because of the challenge and how, how crazy it was and being able to go through hardships with like one of your closest friends and kind of go through that with him and, come back home and be super grateful to be back home and have everyone like come back home safe like that that to me was an amazing experience that's why i think backpacking through any country will change you as long as you're again being challenged throughout that time and it's it was crazy dude there's so much that happened that trip i'm sure andy will fill you in on some stuff yeah i'm stoked to 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 ask him about it i gotta i gotta be like yeah so how was that cuddling up with zeke in that shed and (laughs) (laughs) he's gonna be like yeah it was wild (laughs) so so what's one of the craziest things that's ever happened to you while traveling uh good or bad 
Hmm, that's a really tough one. I got to think about that. Craziest thing, good or bad. Ooh, craziest thing. I'll throw this in there, too. This is another proof story Andy will tell you. Craziest thing that it, it didn't happen to me, but it was on the uh, it was while I was on the trip. My my buddy, Mickey, he had flown in the day before uh, to Bolivia. And there there's this road called the Deadliest Road in Bolivia. Have you ever heard of it? Um, no. It's this super duper sketchy, like, like road that these, like, it's like part of it, like has barely enough space for a car to get through. Like maybe, maybe, maybe five or six inches of like leeway. But these guys are like driving through this, this back road. They close it off now. Uh, they actually made like a freeway, but back in the day, like, this was the only way to get from one place to another. You had to drive through it. So we took, uh, we took bikes down them and that's kind of what you can do on the deadliest road is to take a bike down. And dude, it was, it was sketchy. The first part of the, of the bike ride, you're going down asphalt, like super fast, maybe like like bicycles, motorcycles, um, bicycles, Mm -hmm. like mountain bikes. Um, my buddy was going like, probably we were probably going like, 20 30 miles per hour on these mics mm-hmm. and he just slipped like barely slipped and he had gotten there again like the day before and he like broke his leg in two parts he was in a like different country like it was insane i was so freaked out i was like this is my first time backpacking out the country and some <laughs> dude just broke his leg out the country like That's crazy it was wild, dude. It was one of the wild. That's what I'm saying. It was one of the wildest trips of my life. So what happened? So an ambulance came and they didn't speak any English, but luckily our instructor was there telling them what happened. Oh, nice. But they had to, they had to like get him straight to the ER to try to try to fix his bone or fix his leg. It was just like, it was broken into two parts. Uh, he had a, he had a friend fly out to kind of help um, take care of everything. But still, man, he was there for like, he was in the hospital for like two weeks. And then he had to go through physical therapy for about a year before he could start walking again. It was insane. Oh my goodness. That might be the, 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 the worst story I've heard as far as not like not a good story, but as in like, that's just, that's a bummer, dude. I can't, I couldn't imagine being so stoked to go backpacking in, a, in another country and then snapping my leg in two parts and then just being out of the game for a year. It was insane, man. But like, you know, everything, like everything happens. And I think just, I'm grateful that he's okay. Like there was cars coming up the other way that could have ran over him, but luckily they saw him and slowed down. Like I was maybe, I was like probably a thousand to 2000 feet in front of him. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I realized that no one else was coming behind me, I slowed down. I looked back, I was like, Oh, what happened? And then I just heard somebody screaming. I was like, Oh my God, that can only mean one thing. <laughs> so yeah. So we like, we walked up and it was, it was, man, it was bad. Like you could see how twisted the leg was. That's crazy. <laughs> what are, yeah. what are some of your, uh, What's your biggest goal uh, for 2019? There's a lot I want to accomplish. I feel like I've asked myself that a lot, even mm-hmm. 
before 20 or before 2018 was over. I think 2019, um, I want to, I want to be able to shoot more video and be able to tell stories again, better without any words, just shooting scenes with no dialogue and having that tell the story. I think once I harness in on that skill, I think that's going to really help push 2019 to the next level. Why is it that you want to focus on shooting video without words? Just curious. That's a really good question. I think when you take the dialogue out and you just have pure emotion and just pure cinematography and you could tell a story without any words, I think that could be, it could be even be more impactful once you throw in words. Mm-hmm. So if you're able to shoot that without words and do really well, once you throw in words, you can be even more impactful. So it's, I think what I'm doing is like taking a step back from all the super edgy transitions and speed ramps and super zooms <laughs> to basic storytelling at its very core. I love that. And I, I totally agree with you. It's really interesting. I think there's lots of ways to pull the emotion out, you know, like people's faces and, and different things and different environments and colors and all that good stuff. I watched your bar, your Barcelona film. It's it's dope. I Thanks, like it. I've never, I've never seen any of your video work before. I've only seen your your uh, photography. Oh, dude! Thanks, man. Like, yeah, Barcelona is the most recent one I released, but Japan's probably one of my most favorite ones, just because I I took a whole like three weeks by myself in Japan, like no sponsors, no anything, just me and my camera. Mm -hmm. And that's what I shot. And that's what I edited. And that to me is like one of my favorite videos just because like, I don't know, man, like that encapsulates my whole trip. Just, it makes me feel happy. Dude, I got to check that one out. Uh, when we get off the episode, how was it traveling by yourself? Let's talk about that for a second. What are the pros? What are the cons? I want to say that that was like my first time ever traveling out of country by myself. At first I was like super scared. I was like, Oh man, like what happens if like, I'm, you know, in this dark alley by myself and I get robbed. Yeah. Straight up. Hold on. Was that a really bad, like, I don't know if that I might delete that. I'm not trying to be racist at all, but I don't know. Like, I don't know if there's going to be like a a uproar on the Bruce Lee joke. All right, mark that to delete later. <laughs> I think he's Chinese too, right? That's I'm getting yeah, into yeah. murky waters, dog. <laughs> I'm black. It's no, okay, guys. Go. I'm definitely not. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I am POC, person of color. Oh. <laughs> I love that, man. But yeah, you know, it's just the fear of like being out in a country by yourself with all your camera gear on you. Like mm-hmm. that's like, you know, that's I'm pretty sure that's everyone's fear when they travel alone. But I think getting beyond that fear of like, okay, like I know I'm going to be in a safe place because there's other tourists around me. I'm not going to walk around like with my camera gear, like falling out of my bag. I'm not going to like make myself look like a tourist by, you know, being disruptive and acting like a tourist. So you just try to blend in and try to not stay in sketchy locations. But I want to say like the most rewarding thing about traveling alone is being able to do what you want when you want. Like, you don't have to wait for anyone. You could just go get food if you want to go get food. If you want to go shoot a location, you know, just go. If you want to take a break for, like, 10 minutes, you just take the break. And it's, like, the freedom of exploring a completely different environment, that's 
exhilarating, man. That's one of the best feelings in the world. I think that's why people like are addicted to travel is that feeling of, you know, wandering around and finding new places and eating something new. No, absolutely, man. And, and I think being comfortable with traveling alone is such a skill and, and such a admirable thing. I mean, even just going out, I mean, 90 something percent of people are like afraid to even just go out and like eat by themselves or like do anything by themselves. Like they always have to have friends, you know, to do things. And it's really cool as you start to go out and do things on your own, whether it's traveling by yourself, shooting by yourself, eating by yourself. Uh, it's peaceful. There's a lot more freedom, like you said, because you know, you're not, you don't have to coordinate with eight people to decide where you're going next or what everyone wants to do. You know, it's uh, it's just your own. You just get to do your own thing. And I think it's a great way to probably find yourself, too. You know, I'm sure you, you know, maybe that was the first time you've ever spent that much time just alone. <laughs> no, dude, it was. Yeah, it was like at one point I was kind of getting like lonely. I was like, man, like I kind of miss my friends. It's been super long. And keep in mind, I bought, I only bought a one way ticket to Japan. So I was like, I'm going to leave whenever I feel like it's time. And like, I think it was towards like the end of the third week that I was like, man, I I think I should go home soon. And, (laughs) and that's when I decided to, I was like, either I could go because my Jordan and them invited me to go to Bali after I was like, maybe I should just go to Bali. But then I'm like, man, like I kind of miss my bed. I kind of miss like, you know, my family and my friends, maybe it's time to head back. And that's, you know, after three weeks, that's when I decided to head back. But those three weeks were probably the most eye opening and life changing, like weeks of my life, weeks of my life, just being able to experience like a whole new country by yourself. And there's no one else around. Like, that's like, kind of like, Oh shit. Like this is, awesome like there's so many different things going on no one else like speaks english and you're here like trying to absorb as much as you can about the culture about the food about the people and it's awesome man i would highly recommend that everyone should travel alone to internationally at least once in their life dude i love it i'm gonna have to take you up on that and get my little behind somewhere by myself uh with all that said, man, I, I really appreciate you coming on the, the podcast. I'm really stoked for where you're at in life right now, man. Uh, I'm stoked for just all the success you're seeing now and, and for all the, the future success that you have brewing up. Uh, with that said, the way we normally end these episodes is we have our guests share a little bit of uh, inspiration slash motivation for the AOV community. And so feel free to, to think upon that. But whenever you're ready to go, feel free to uh, spread some light to the community. I think one of the most important things in life is to be grateful for what you have and the people around you because you'll never know like things can change in an instance someone can move halfway across the world your home could catch fire anything can happen so just being grateful for the now and everything that you have in your life that's super key to happiness Zeke in bang bang That was good, 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 good Good, good, good Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of the AOV Podcast Our goal here at Art of Visuals is to keep 
everything free into Creep, creating great tools and resources for you guys to utilize to, to achieve all your guys' dreams in the photography, filmmaking, and content creation world, even entrepreneurship. With that said, we've picked up Adorama as a sponsor to help us cover some of our costs, and we're grateful for them. All we ask of you guys is, if you're going to purchase gear, we'd really love it if you guys would head over to Adorama.com and make your purchase there instead of elsewhere. And just know that when you guys do that, you guys will also somewhat be supporting Art of Visuals and allowing us to continue to create great content for you guys, uh, like our podcasts, our free app and a lot of the other great things we do. Also, if you listen to the podcast, all of the AOV presets are now free. Uh, So check out our website, shop.artivisuals.com. Go get some free presets. The artist presets are still for sale. If you want to support the artist and you should support the artist, uh, just know that that money goes to them and we're also going to be reworking that commission structure uh, here in the next month. So we're really stoked about that. But go get some free presets. And if you guys want to buy gear, please support us. Help us out. Go to Adorama.com. Peace.